here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Furious, back again. Hello, I'm back. You doing okay, Alan? Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of mentally recovering from uh, the death match that we saw uh, like two <laughs> days ago. Yeah, um, it was a heavy one, to say the least. We'll get to that in due course. And probably the thing I'm most excited to talk about today, actually. Um, obviously, that was from Fight Club Pro Project Mayhem Night 1, which is the only night we've both seen so far. We because we were not at last night's as we're recording this. Um, so we'll only be talking about night one. But it was a very good night, and it had that incredible deathmatch main event, which I guess we should just... We don't need to bury the lead. We'll head straight into that. Talk oh, about right, that okay. one. Um, Jimmy Havoc and Clint Margera. The um, Callous Hearts <laughs> is their team name. Versus Ricky Shane Page, uh, American deathmatch guy, and Drew Parker, who is 19 years old and doesn't need to do the things he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a mentalist, so he did. He seems to enjoy doing them, so that's why he does them. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say before we start off, the start of this match was absolutely amazing. It might be the most <laughs> amazing visual I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Ever. In this wrestling. was so exciting. Like, because, well, I personally was uh, on the other side of like the entire building, because that's where we were standing for most of the show. And then the setup basically was they were going to wrestle this, uh, like, unsanctioned match in, and then in a different ring. And the ring was, like, behind this, um, it was behind the merch area, which had been, like, topped off all evening. Um, and so obviously, like, the, the top lifts off and then they just reveal this just crazy WCW-esque structure <laughs> of just hardcore disgustingness. Um, which they kind of made to look like the old planet venue with like the shaky cages and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, that was the, the tiny ring. Yeah. Cause this was obviously the eighth anniversary show and also a giant, um, scaffold off to one side, which you knew someone was going to fall off at oh. some point in the match. Um, so that was just made for an incredible visual. Clint Margera oh. and Jimmy Havoc just standing there waiting for their opponents. Yeah. And then obviously, cause I was on the other side of the arena having to like, rush across and it was just a mad dash to get involved and then the scrum surrounding the ring as everyone tried to get a good view 
people standing on chairs, people standing on this and that and the other thing to try and see over people's heads. Just this crazy atmosphere, and that is... If you're going to do a deathmatch, that is how you want to do a deathmatch, make it feel completely unlike anything else on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. The I got the absolute best of that uh, visual, because I yeah. nipped to the toilet thinking, I'll, I'll just go to the loo before the main event starts. And then I was walking back out, and I like, I'm thinking, Jimmy Havoc's music's been going on for ages. Like, what, are they just kind of brawling all over the building already? <laughs> and then, like, uh, like I walked in, and as I was walking past it, that's when the the tarp, like, dropped. Well, it didn't drop; it, it lifted. Yeah. So I got like one of the best sights of that possible from where I was because I was literally right at the front of it. Um, yeah, it was incredible to to see that. Just yeah. unfold, unfurl <laughs> my eyes. Yeah, I, I where they got stood me. in the ring as well, just standing oh, there, it was looking all staring wild, off. crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I got the opposite end of that because I didn't actually see it get lifted up and didn't really realize what was going on until oh, like incredible. the other, the Parker and Shane Page were already heading over. But like just being part of that mad rush to get into the throng to see what was going on was very exciting as well. So yeah. Just what an incredible way to display the deathmatch and just make it feel so special. And the match itself was absolutely sickening. Oh. <laughs> Some of the most violent things I've ever seen. It really was. And like having ha- being there live just makes it so much more visceral and disgusting. And just seeing the shards of glass fly everywhere. I don't know about seeing that. <laughs> I had to duck. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't close enough to actually like get into the blast radius, but yeah, it looked bad. And some I of the was spots, in the splatter zone. <laughs> oh yeah, some of the spots like the cameraman getting hit with the light tubes was just <laughs> so shocking. Oh, Paul, um, uh, Paul Byrne, yeah, getting uh, yeah a tube in the head. That was crazy because like obviously in the moment it just felt so completely unplanned and crazy. Well, I was I was looking at where he was standing. and I was thinking, he's a little bit close to the action there. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and he got got for it. Yeah, but it looked organic. Like it looked. Yeah, yeah. Like a miscue instead of just yeah. going to set this guy up here. So he it was like a, a ch- utterly it shocking. Like <laughs> no, no. It was yeah. It was done really well. As was pretty much all of this match. Like just the way. Like it wasn't just stunts. It was pretty well put together stunts <laughs> like everything flowed naturally you knew someone was eventually gonna go off the top but even that was special with like the death valley driver rather yeah. than just like being thrown off through, like, through the barbed bar wire boards, boards. <laughs> yeah just a very special atmosphere and a special match which is why i wanted to talk about it i think before, when when we saw the card uh, there is no way in my mind that this would be the most memorable match Oh no! <laughs> I just I didn't even have I wasn't even thinking about that I was thinking about what well, we've got Dragon Gate we've got the whole uh, Dan Maloney shape person thing which has been building yeah. with uh, Travis and Jordan Devlin I thought that'd be good so yeah I, I was all fired up for the show but I, in the back of my mind I wasn't even thinking about the this being a big deal mm. I just thought ah oh, they'll probably just do that the normal thing you know brawl over the building uh, they might do something fun on the bar. I was not expecting this. They, no. they really took it to another level. This would have been an enjoyable show had it just ended before this, but this made it like a special show and something we're going to think about come the end of the year. Um, 
and yeah, it just topped it off really, really well. Yeah, I think I might Shall have to watch get... it again just for to see if it is like equally as disgusting, sort of not being there, or whether it's just because yeah. I was right in front of it that it's <laughs> so. There is, yeah, definitely the worry that it may have been a live bump, and obviously we can't get Rob to compare because he'd hate it anyway. This was the match, <laughs> Rob's nightmare match. <laughs> um, I, the, I just being in that moment, you kind, it kind of gives it a little bit extra. It's like with the uh, uh, Dragonoff and, and Volta from WXW and uh, Karras. Like I thought that was a five star match live. Uh, mm-hmm. I, nobody can tell me differently because that. Was I think it was a five star match on tape as well. <laughs> I and really everybody it when I watched, watched it, it just from like on tape and wasn't there. I don't think anybody rated it any higher than like four and a quarter. Mm. So it was it was completely different. You didn't get that that feeling from being there live. Whereas like with this, I can see like as far as snowflakes go, I don't see anyone rating it particularly highly just because you're not going to get that same kind of feel that raw emotional connection that you that i got i mean it it completely numbed me i was just like (laughs) i've never been that close to somebody who's bleeding an absolute gusher yeah the 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 post-match was even more exciting because like all the blood on the floor and people taking pictures of it just the glass the shattered glass everywhere like it was like a crime scene like ricky shane page like he was bleeding so much um, like when he he did a like a powder out the ring, and he was bleeding onto the floor in front of me, and I was looking down at it going like, oh shit, and I just kind of turned around with like, and, and I was holding my holding my mouth shut because it was a gate, <laughs> and um, I turned around to my left, and to my left was Jordan Devlin, he was literally standing to the left of me, and I hadn't seen he was there because like everything like there was crazy shit happening in front of me, I turned around and he and he was. Like looked at me, looked at my reaction, was like, "Oh, I better have a look at this," and starts leaning over the person in front of him to to see what what's up. Sees Ricky all bleeding all over the floor like a stuck pig, and uh, bursts out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy from the boys. Absolutely not. Um, but like you say, the visceral thrill of this match was in its like setup and seeing all this crazy shit right in front of your eyes. So maybe it does lose something on tape. Uh, but like, I think the setup of it with the second ring, you know, harkening back to the planet days, the mad rush to get a look in, that made it feel so, so different than anything else I've really the, seen the at live wrestling before. was just so cool. Yeah. But I must have been <laughs> hoping that that would go off without a hitch. I saw all the merch tables have moved, and I thought, well, they're planning something, but it's presumably like they want to do a big table spot or something over here in the in this space. But when they, when that tarp went up, it was like, okay, this they planned quite a lot here. This is yeah. going to be quite extravagant. Yeah, it was a hell of a setup. Shall we talk about the rest of the show as well? <laughs> um, yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. So we had a. Uh, an FCP title match impromptu, Chris Brooks beating Flash Morgan Webster, Sammy Callahan, and Shane Strickland. And this was the best I've ever seen Flash Morgan. Uh, I thought he's, he was... He has been really good ever since he came back from that shoulder injury. Yes. I think he's... He, because he got injured when he was on the verge of, of possibly doing something WWE-esque, I think he'd have been in the tournament. Um, like the January thing, he'd have probably got a contract. 
So I think to, to be so close and then get hurt and get badly hurt and be out for a long time, it's kind of renewed his focus. And like every match I've seen him in since he's been back, he's looked like really good. And I think that's a, a deliberate thing where he's trying so hard mm-hmm. to get to that next level. And I really he appreciate just, he that. Just looks a lot, he looks a lot more fluid now, um, just in the way he moves and... Yeah, just more exciting and more dynamic. And, you know, he's obviously improving as time goes on, but I do think ha- having a fresher body, having more better health is definitely helping him a lot, and it's, yeah, it's still... showing what he's truly capable of. Yeah, before we kind of had him as a, a ceiling on him, and we were like, he's, yeah. he's good, but I don't think he's going to ever be, like, main event good, not even in this country. He's not got a chance of going anywhere else. But he's been booked uh, for PWG, uh, he, he was over in Bowler, and they've had him back as well. He's on like the All Star Weekend show, and obviously WWE had him on their radar. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in that match with with Zack Saber Junior. So, yeah, future's looking bright for him. Um, I'm pleased for him. Like mm-hmm. he's one of the guys that early on in in uh, on this podcast, like going back eighteen months, maybe longer than that, we were not particularly kind to him. And I think yeah. that was kind of a I, I do remember sticking up for him when you and Rob were going in on him after, um, I think it was at the end of 2015, and you were going in on him. And <laughs> I had to uh, rather pathetically defend him yeah, because well, I didn't have like a strong stand either. But I just never liked his gimmick. Um, and the, I still don't like the gimmick, but at least now the work is really good. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a really good worker, you can get away with having a poor gimmick. I still think he's kind of barking at the wrong tree with the whole... Uh, mod father thing but yeah but it's him now isn't it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah I guess. it'd be weird to see him as anything else yeah so I, I really liked him i love shane strickland um do you think it's uh it's interesting they had a little thing with uh with brooks here with martin zaki actually came out and made the match mm-hmm. um do you think they're kind of starting like a him as a heel renegade uh going up against the establishment well, I do hope so, because they haven't really done anything with Brooks since he won the title, and it has been a bit of a, a hollow reign, and that belt sort of means nothing right now. Uh, so if they are going to start something like important with him, that would definitely be a good thing. <laughs> so I'm not big on authority figures. No, but, but um... if it at least livens Brooks up a bit. Other, like Obviously, him and CCK with Lycos is over huge, but they do seem to kind of be floundering in Fight Club Pro as it comes to being the champion and being really important he is just kind of like another match on the show. I, I'm glad that he's still heel. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. Like he's, he's face everywhere else. And they kind of tried to force it um, like just after they'd gone to progress, they kind of they put them in with who was it? Was it Scarlet and Graves? And they had Scarlet and Graves as heels? Yeah, that was it. And it was it was really forced. It was like they were trying to force the crowd to chant for CCK, and they didn't want to mm. because they've always been heels in in Folklore Pro, and they've done nothing to suggest that if that's going to change. No. So they and tried like, to force it, and then they realised it wasn't going to take, and they're they're still heels, which I think is the best for them because they're face everywhere else now. Yeah, like they are natural heels, but just got cheered in Rev Pro because they're cool and like the people they were up against were not cool and in progress they were just flat out faces from the word go 
So de- definitely, you know, keep it in the Midlands. They should be heels, definitely. <laughs> hmm. uh, um, yeah, I, I also. You might have noticed from uh, my comments live, I'm not particularly a big fan of Sammy Callahan anymore. And there's two things that have done this. One is I've kind of heard rumours about him and it's kind of put me off him as a person. But I've always felt that he was a bit off as a person. I've always been fine with his work because I like stiff people and he, he is stiff. Um <laughs> but Giggling away like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I just got, I've started to get really wound up by... Uh, him doing the whole baby face clap 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 cheer for me thing like really wound up by it because he does it too much and he doesn't strike me as a like a like a full-on baby face anyway like his character's a bit of a tool yeah like yeah somebody asked me he is a heel but why does he clap what is your problem with with sammy callahan or like somebody who was there i can't remember who it was i just said he's a dickhead isn't he Yeah, he, he comes across like a scuzzy fucker. That's what basically his gimmick. But then he does, but like you say, the working men's club clapping yeah, to get people in, and it's just <laughs> like it just doesn't fit him at all. And on obviously my pet peeve is the constant bicycle kicks, and I just keep <laughs> a, a bicycle kick count for this match, and it, we ended with ten, <laughs> which quite is actually quite low for a Sammy Callahan match. It's, it's quite a lot for any other match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, so we both don't like him for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, so Sammy Callahan, like, I've always kind of liked his his style, but like there are other reasons why I just can't get into his act anymore, and it's just every time mm. I see him, it seems to get worse. That's fair. Uh, we can move on to someone totally unrelated, uh, Jessica Havoc facing Kaylee Ray and Millie McKenzie. Um, well, Kaylee Ray, is, this is the second match on the card, and she was the third surprise person <laughs> on the card. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in the toilets when I heard her her theme, and I was like, oh, classic Fight Club Pro, <laughs> just <laughs> chucking everyone in. Yeah, I, I, I was saying it was like um, they didn't expect to sell that many tickets, so like they bumped it up to like, uh, they must have had like 700 people in there, and it used to be 200 and they were booking this many people with 200 fans so yeah. they'd just be like the, the money's coming in they're like what should we do with this let's get more guys <laughs> let's get Flash Morgan Webster and Cody right <laughs> fair play uh, so this match was I believe Millie McKenzie's first win for Fight Club Pro since she debuted I may be wrong but it's certainly the first one I've seen oh you put me on the spot there because I actually have no idea I think it's her first win, and it's sort of like legitimizing her in the same way they're starting to give Omari a few wins. Yeah, Millie's really good. Oh yeah, like, especially in this kind of wrestling for like six months. <laughs> in this kind of match, where it is just kind of like do your spots, she's already excellent at that kind of stuff. Like I do think she'll have a ways to go in like match building and like m- making us care about the slower paced matches, but in terms of like her athletic ability and her timing and her like yeah. sixth sense. The for timing, it. she's the already the hard part. Yeah. If she's got that down already, then everything else is going to be a doddle. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, she's definitely a lot of fun to watch, and they're doing something good at the Fight Club Dojo. If uh, <laughs> it's Travis Banks, out. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Travis has been training them, and the standard that he's pumping out is better than anywhere else at the moment in the world. Yeah, you, you don't need, like, 
it, it's probably quality over quantity, I'd say. Like, obviously, yeah. Omari and Millie are probably the only two I can think of. Apart, or Johnny T and, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> I they're, they're still him. a ways off. I walked past him at the show and I'm, I almost asked him, like, what the hell is your name? <laughs> I'm excited for the Johnny Tipton run. It's really good. Um, Killian Jacobs works out of there as well. I think, oh, okay. I think he was wrestling before he started training there, but he's gotten a lot better since he's been training there. Yeah, it's the same for Omari. Like, it, it's his first major gig. Like, he came out of Kamikaze, but, like, <laughs> he, he upgraded to slightly slightly better terrible gear once he moved to Black Club Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sly burial there. Um, no, I mean, Amar is fucking great. We'll talk about him in a minute after Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. Oh, this is really good. Probably the best straight wrestling match of the night. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very good. Um, but then it was very good when they did it in, in Progress, and it was yeah, a yeah. very similar kind of match structure-wise to, to that one. I'd have to watch the, the Progress match back to see how similar, but I remember that, that being really good, and this was also really good. Yeah, I'm enjoying Devlin a lot this year. Like his worst match was also his biggest one in on the WWE UK show. <laughs> I think he's been misrepresented by that yeah, match because definitely. they deliberately had him go out there and be boring yeah. so that people would heal on him. That was the whole point. Um so he had that one bad match and there are people who still say he's bad because of that one bad match and it's just yeah, not true. Yeah, that's not true at all. Like I definitely recommend the Moose match because <laughs> it's shockingly good for a Moose match. Um, and that spot where he gets thrown out onto the balcony and he jumps back in is the oh, <laughs> spot of the year. <laughs> is it better than the um, when Matt Riddle did a tope into the ring and uppercutted uh, Mark Haskins? It, it, was, it was similar, but I think this one was slightly better just because he got chucked out first, like it was a two-parter. Rather than just the one cool move, it was two cool moves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Uh, we'll move on to the four-corner tag team match. Uh, Ohio is for killers. Dave and Jake Crist, one of whom was dressed up in in his dinner jacket, evening that's, wear, that's Jake. for no reason. Jake, um, Jake's the one I know. <laughs> in my, uh, my notes, I put that uh, Jake and other Crist <laughs> participants... <laughs> I could never remember his name. And they beat Skull and Graves, Xavier and Wentz, uh, the Aussie Open, and the incredibly named Black Coffee of Joe Coffee and Omari. Uh, yeah, this was just the schmoz match that you always get at Fight Club Pro, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, Omari continues to stand out. Very, very uh, lots of spots. Dunkzilla continues to be crazy. I was Scarlet gonna say Mark Davis, really awesome. I thought looked great in this match. Uh, anytime he's put in these multi-person matches, he looks really good. Yeah. The, the, the Dunkzilla. Everyone loves it. Dunkzilla, yeah. <laughs> that that pile driver is is quite something else. And like he was teasing it to like everyone in this match and just got like bigger and bigger guys and he teased it on Joe Coffee at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That was very amusing. Man, I love it. I love it when he, he doesn't have to uh, like jack them up a second time. If he gets them clean up into pile driver position by lifting them off the mat, mm. that, that's the peak of that move. And I've seen him <laughs> do that twice, and it's just both times I've been like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I did enjoy uh, OA4K to a certain extent in this match. There were kind of moments where I was like, uh, the kind of same problem 
we have with Sammy Callahan, very much in the same vein with these guys. But athletically, they are very gifted and they do cool shit. So, like in in limited doses, I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, all those the pro wrestling revolver thing. It's like as a promotion, I just don't like it at all. Mm. And I think a lot of the wrestlers that that work there just do their better work elsewhere. All I've ever seen of it has just been like really eh, mediocre shows in front of really small crowds. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, they kept Coffee and Amari together as a team after DTTI instead of just having yeah. them as a random team and that was it. Yeah, like, it's a, it's a like good them. team. They've, like, kept, they've kept going with them. Two, two different approaches to the big lads' way of life. Yeah. <laughs> and Amari, I, there were a couple of times when Amari just did a move, did some strikes, and I like jumped up and down, getting all excited, like because his execution is so good. He he is getting towards being excellent now, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's doing he's it very quickly as well. Got. Oh yeah. Last year it was Travis Banks. This year it's Amari. Yeah, it's very exciting. 2018 progress. <laughs> uh, um, we'll move on to Shea Purser versus Dan Maloney. Uh, yeah, I the big got a burger just before this. Uh, nice Wait, burger. When you said just before, it was kind of like the first half of the match. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got back in time to see Shea Purser do a Canadian Destroyer, so that's all I really needed to see. Uh, Shea is very, very green. Um, like he's hardly wrestled at all. Well, that, that said, I have actually seen three Shea Person matches this year, which is <laughs> kind of a ridiculous situation. Dan Maloney, um, it felt like they were kind of doing nothing with him apart from this win streak. Uh, him beating various imports, looking really good, and then they stopped doing anything with him, and then they put him in with Shay, and and he's lost. <laughs> Kind of weird, but he's still got his heat. I do enjoy yeah. um, the Dan shouts. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of like he's just here doing Dan things. Yeah, the match was a bit rough, but um, it's kind of I, excusable. And it was <laughs> it was always going to be really. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it was a storyline yeah. match. That was the one yeah. that was there for people who go every every show. Yeah, yeah. So they followed it a little bit and they understand what's going on. That was what that was for. Best spot in the match, uh, Martina took a powerbomb on the apron. Not like sideways, but like onto the apron. And that was absolutely sick. But people have forgotten about it because there was a death match like two matches later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got Team Dragon Gate, Shima Eita, and Dream Gate champion, Masaki Mochizuki, versus British Strong Style. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I know a lot of people... We're a little bit underwhelmed, and obviously the Dragon Gate guys were not going 100%, and I think that was kind of obvious. Uh, but it was still very enjoyable to see them. I think they had some very fun exchanges that there were antics. with the personalities. But yeah, it was an antics match. Everyone, like, it was almost like um, Pretty Strong Style were competing to see who would get kicked the most by Mochizuki <laughs> with his little, like, kicks to the back. That was uh, very amusing. Um, and yeah, just seeing Ata and Mochi live for the first time was cool. Have you seen Seema before then? Or... I, I saw the very last Dragon Gate UK show, and he was on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Seema's one of those guys that I've always wanted to see, so I'm glad I've ticked him off the list. It's, it's not a very long list anymore, because I have just seen <laughs> everyone, because yeah, everyone keeps coming to the UK. It's very good. 
Do you have any strong thoughts about this match? Oh, it was fine. You know, yeah. it, wasn't, uh, <laughs> it wasn't like a blow-away four-star plus extravaganza. It was just a fun little match. Um, I kind of went in expecting big, so I think I was a bit disappointed because of that. And a few yeah. people had uh, like a similar experience. But I, I guess they just didn't want to do something so big that it couldn't be followed. And then you've got the death match afterwards. It, so. The death match did drown out everything else on the show. That's probably the only bad thing I would have to say about that one. But, I mean, it had to, really. <laughs> the show was essentially secretly booked around the death match. Yeah, on the sly. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was a good show. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, lots of good people in the crowd. Uh, fun time. Very fun time, indeed. Got a burger. Got home relatively safely and early. <laughs> All no, good. I got in at like one. That's pretty good for Friday at a Fight Club Pro. That's pretty good. Yeah, because once you're in Wolverhampton, there's no guarantee that you're going to get back out again. <laughs> Not on the same um, day, anyway. Shall we talk about the World Tag Team League in oh, Germany? Yes. <laughs> because we're obviously heading over, and that is very exciting for a full weekend of wrestling and eating McDonald's. It, <laughs> don't, don't look at that. Um, <laughs> as with... Uh, the thing is, with Carrot, I went over there like really wanting to see a great series of shows. And with Tag League, I'm less worried about the in-ring. I'm more just going because I really enjoyed going to Oberhausen for like five days. Um, so for me, it's more about the experience of, mm. of watching that much wrestling in such a short space of time. Uh, it doesn't really even need to be great. It's just got to entertain me, which I'm sure. Yeah. This is sort of the first time they've really done World Tag Team League as like a major weekend on a par with 16 Carat. Like they've been building that up the past couple of years since they like created it. And now yeah, well, this, this weekend in the lineup. Stan Fatal, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. The first one was last year. Yeah, this weekend with like the whole lineup and the Femme Fatales and the after party and the podcast. And obviously, we're going to do more interviews and have another special show like we did last time. Um, the last show that we did after Carrot was like seven hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still think it's our best show. I think everyone should go back and listen to it. <laughs> um, so, who are you most excited to see of all the teams that are in it? Ooh, uh, well, we'll run them down. Uh, Group A is A4, Alani and Andy, Massive Product, David Starr and Jan Simmons, uh, the Rise Championship team of Lucky Kid and Park and Aslan, oh, and the, the, lead. the Spirit Squad, <laughs> Spirit for some reason. Squad. <laughs> <laughs> and then Group B is Ringkampf, the Rottweilers of Loki and Homicide, uh, LAX of Ortiz and Santana, and the Briscoes. Uh, yeah, that's Al that yeah. I don't really know them. EFYBO. They're LAX in TNA, whatever they're called. TNA are calling themselves this week. <laughs> it's probably going to be out of date by the time the podcast comes out. <laughs> I haven't seen much of them, only when I like dipped into TNA very briefly when the Noah guys were there, but I did enjoy them at that point in time. So, <laughs> and okay. That's going to be against... completely new to me, but the one guy has yeah. got a Bariqua tattoo on his chest, so I, I'm excited. And they're up against uh, Loki and Homicide, so that's kind of like a, an all LAX shootout on night one, which 
Loki maybe shoot pissed about because he, <laughs> he tweeted at WXW, uh, I didn't sign on for this match, uh, not fighting teammates. And with any other wrestler, you'd think that was just shtick. But with Loki... Loki's a very serious guy. He's very, very serious. He's not going to fit in at the after party. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've spent a little bit of time around Loki and he's very, very serious about everything. So we're going to so, buy him a load of Bacardi and get him loaded. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably most excited to see the Loki and Homicide team because that just sounds like a recipe for awesomeness and a bit of like off-kilter craziness. <laughs> I've not seen Homicide wrestle in person for about 10 years. I just haven't seen him wrestle for like 10 years in general. Yeah, hardly. Going on 10 years, yeah. And obviously all those guys are going up against Ringkampf and the Briscoes. Group B is definitely the one where all the great matches are going to happen, I think. But Group A has the Rise team against the two like top face teams of A4 and Massive Product. So that's kind of the more story-heavy one for people who've been following the product for a while. That Those are like two matches that have been really built up yeah. and do feel kind of important. I'm really fired up for uh, Spirit Squad versus Massive Product. Oh, yeah. That that's shenanigans awesome. will occur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting lineup. Um, I don't know if perhaps I'd, I'd want to see like a uh, team from uh, England or Japan or somewhere else just to mix it up a bit. It does feel yeah. like they've got too many Americans in there. Because last year there was Mustache Mountain and the leaders, yeah. but obviously WWE Ring of Honor stuff has now prevented that, uh, which is a little disappointing. I thought maybe CCK would be in here, but I'm I'm happy with the lineup. Obviously, Spirit Squad isn't for us, but you can see why they put them in. Try and sell That's a few tickets. Speak for yourself, man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They, they may be like the surprise package of the weekend. I'm just saying. Kenny, going Kenny in. Doan is legitimately great, but he's he's old now. He's not. <laughs> he's like thirty. Okay, years he's old. like he is like thirty, isn't he? I forgot because he was really young when he was in WWE. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was the. Maybe they will be good. He was about seventeen when he was in WWE. <laughs> may, maybe they will surprise me. I, I'm I'm going in with an open mind, um, and obviously on night two. Big title match as well with Ilya Dragunov taking his shot against Bad Bones. Will that, there that be was a, title a weird change, scenario because they had Dragunov uh, in the match with the Bones won the title in. Yeah, the triple threat. And then just had uh, Avalanche come out and go, "Oh, this is unfinished business," and just carry him off. <laughs> so they had to wrestle again to get Dragunov back to the the title shot again. It just that felt a bit weird to me. But it was a little bit roundabout. But I think the match that he had with Avalanche yes. justifies the That means. was very good. Yeah. Anytime uh, <laughs> Dragunov is in a match where there are relaxed rules or none whatsoever, uh, he's usually fantastic. So I'm kind of hoping they make it no DQ. Mm. Because they, the last that, time these two had a no DQ match, it was carnage. I loved it. Oh, yeah. That was the Vladivostok street fight or something. <laughs> something like that, yeah. I can't remember I what it was called. It was some, some but, kind yeah. of Russian street fight. There were tables involved that wouldn't break, and <laughs> a good time was had by all. Yes. Apart from maybe um, a dragon off, he got like beaten up quite badly in that match. Yeah, Rice shenanigans, uh, obviously, 
probably on the table. Uh, I'm but, hoping like, this is the point where they kind of draw a line under that a little bit and just yeah. have the locker room stand up for Ilya. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because obviously we were talking about this beforehand, but on September 30th they're doing like a five-on-five elimination with Rise against all the baby faces, uh, and that does kind of feel like them getting their comeuppance a little bit before Tag League, like just to kind of... Yeah, but they will still have all the belts. Um, yeah. Do you see Ilya winning the title? I'm not certain you will. I'm not certain either. I'm thinking they may put that off until the anniversary show or even until 2018. I don't think this is quite the moment yet. Because I think that, that 30th of September show, if they, they didn't have Tag League coming up, I think Al Annie would be a stone-cold heel turn. <laughs> but they have A4 in Tag League, so I don't think it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that and would be surprising. You can't have anyone else turn heel in that, because it's two tag teams and Ilya, <laughs> so there is literally no heel turn. Yeah. Um, but Marius Alani is just is primed for that turn and joining that group, because he'd be just, oh. he's the mega worker now, he's so fit. He's so I'd be devastated. Ridiculous. Be devastated for absolute Andy. It would be. It would be devastating, but that's wrestling. It's all about emotions. <laughs> Who is going to be the highlight of the after party, do we think? <laughs> um, uh, based on his appearance, I would go with uh, Mike Mundo <laughs> because he looks like he parties a lot. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of Mundo Mike. So we're thinking Spirit Squad are being overlooked in both in-ring and At the uh, party, yeah. drunken shenanigans. <laughs> I think there's a chance. The, um, I don't know about the uh, the Puerto Rican boys. Uh, are they Puerto Rican? Yeah. they got to be Puerto Rican. I'm not sure, but let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that'll be fun. I'm not sure what to make of the Briscoes. I'd... <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We've got to get out there. Um, it really is three or four days of just nothing but wrestling, and that is very exciting to me as a as a wrestling fan. Like, I couldn't do it every weekend, but two weekends a year, just waking up and going into the Turban and Harlow and yeah. doing wrestling things. Doing wrestling se- things all seats day. Seats me fine. <laughs> four days straight. I think the, yeah, like, um, they, there are British promotions that are missing a trick by not having a weekend like this. Uh, I know Progress does strong style, and they're trying to make more of that. But you can tell by the end of the, the third day, Jim's like, oh, we're all tired. We don't want to watch any more wrestling. I'm like, why is there not a show tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's underestimating the number of hardcores that are out there yeah. that would quite happily do four shows in a row. Could definitely get an after party somewhere and not bingo. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have to show for Brixton last year, which I thought was great. Yeah. But I'm guessing it didn't make a lot of money or something. I don't know. Fair play. Yeah, it would be cool to see something like this in Britain. Um, but as it is, it's a cool thing to do, like a little excursion. Uh, they work as hard, <laughs> and then we go mental at the off play. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm looking. Shall forward. shall we kick a man while he's down? Oh, would this be Darren Savior <laughs> with Pro Wrestling Pride? Yeah, appearing to shut down or just uh, suspend operations indefinitely. <laughs> I think was the term used in his Facebook update, basically saying they're not running shows anymore, and 
we've been hearing the last couple of months, obviously it was well publicized. David Starr, Matt, um, not Matt Riddle, sorry, uh, Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb and David Starr getting, uh, like shafted on the hotels, basically, uh, like well, being David told Starr that they had a books. He, he was on the poster and everything. And the day before it, they announced on Facebook that he wasn't on the show and David Starr got basically directed towards it saying like, Dave, have you said this? And he was like, yeah. what the hell is this? Like, nobody had told him. And that now Kikutara as well, getting yeah. shafted. And as soon as that was announced, that he was going to be over here for, for Pro Wrestling Pride, I messaged him on Twitter, like, replying to the the tweet that he'd sent out saying he was coming over, and I said, be careful, they're probably going to cancel you at the last minute. Because that's what he's like. Uh if there's one thing that uh, British wrestling and wrestling in general needs less of, it's wank stains like uh, Darren. Um, he is an absolute tool. He's got himself into financial trouble, uh, but that's no excuse for the way that he's behaved for the entire time he's been a promoter. He's a complete waste of space. Good riddance. Damn. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say is that if you are in financial trouble, don't book David Starr, Jeff Cobb and Kikutaro and pay for their flights. <laughs> That's probably a bit of a lost leader. He just doesn't know what he's doing, is the, the short and simple answer. He's gotten in over his head, and he's fucked it up. But it's like you don't get into positions like that through misfortune alone. You get into no. positions like that because you're an asshole. A fair assessment. It's the same as Five Star. Five Star have got where they are because they're cunts. It, it does have the same kind of hallmarks as the five-star situation, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and there's, there's, um, it's not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. We'll always have Hyper Japan 2016 for Wrestling Pride. We'll always have Hyper Japan 2016. <laughs> um, that was that was uh, like a weird mini show where I saw Danny Jones and people, I, other people I didn't recognize, and it was a weird time. And I only watched it for like five minutes before moving on to look at cheap Japanese tap. <laughs> uh, let's move on and talk about WCPW because they've had a little bit of a shake-up recently. If you want a shake-up? Shake-up. <laughs> That's the diplomatic term I'm using. A shake-up. Um, well, this is the kind of shake-up where everyone that worked there doesn't anymore. <laughs> yes. That's a, that is quite <laughs> an, uh, an exodus would probably be a better word for it. Yeah, it's like um it's kind of like Noah forming and all Japan only having like Kawada left, only if Kawada left as well. <laughs> that that's basically what they've got. Um I don't know how many of the wrestlers are gonna hang around, but like everyone that was backstage is gone. Like everybody. So, I don't know what's going on. Who's going to run this promotion? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, it, it does seem odd. And I'm happy for the guys who have left, um, like um, the Adams, Jack the Jobber, King Ross, etc. Jack the Jobber was at Fight Club Pro. I saw him there, I said hello. You told me not to talk too loud about WCPW. Um, <laughs> yeah, trying to bury too much. Um, I guess you probably could have done, because... Yeah, he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care anymore. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that um, I'm happy for those guys, because 
you know, if they are the people who people are tuning in to see, which it seems like they were, because when they left, everyone was really sad about it, or like the WCPW fans were. If you're a WCPW fan, you're probably a fan of these guys and not a fan of whatever the promotion behind them is. Like, you're not there. I get the sense that a lot of them weren't there for the wrestling. They were there for the YouTube personalities because they liked the YouTube channel, which is fair enough. But that means that if they were getting shafted um, by WC or what culture management, it made sense for them to break the shackles, go on their own, and they could probably make a lot more money doing something without any like creative boundaries placed on them. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they can uh, make a living off it. Definitely. Um, that gives us all hope, really, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's, it's better than from wrestling without being uh, answerable to some tool. Yeah, clickbait, basically. Yeah, listicles. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> anyone breaking free of those shack- of the shackles of listicles and doing their own thing, even if it is something quite similar, <laughs> uh, is good in my opinion. Yeah, well, of course, the, the guy that was running the entire thing, who basically did. I don't know, 90% of all the, the, the work and the booking and the talent relations and everything like that has left. Um, so that is a very difficult person to replace. Um, yeah. I assume they've got some contacts in the business. I don't know if Joe Hendry's still like associated with them. I don't think he is. But um, like he was supposed to be... Uh, they were kind of grooming him for a, for a spot on the team, as it were. And I don't know if he was just mates with, with the others or... Or what? I don't know what's going on. Because I no longer have a source there because he's left. <laughs> <laughs> no inside scoops here. No scoops. No. Not that I ever like, divulged scoops. I just kind no, of no. pointed the people in it, the direction of the truth. It does seem like the promotion currently known as Pop Culture Pro Wrestling is on the ropes a little bit. But out of those ashes, I think the same kind of thing will still be run by these YouTube guys. Um but I'm still not interested in it because I was never interested in them in the first place. But I'm happy that people are interested in them enough, hopefully, for them to make a living. Especially Adam. I like Adam. Which one? Oh, well, they're all good. <laughs> and with that, we're probably out of topics for now. <laughs> uh, if, we'd, if we'd have been at night two of uh, Fight Club Pro then yes. we might have something to talk about. Yeah. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, we neglected to say there was, of course, the second night on Saturday. Neither of us were there. Um, I, but I assume, some cool stuff happened. I, I, I saw... right. Here's something for fun. I'm going to try and assume what happened. Yes. Um, so, Trio's match would have probably been last this time. I've seen one thing. I'll tell you a lie. I have actually seen one thing and that was one of the Christ boys doing like a big flip up over the entranceway. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing that was a show stealer. Um, I'm expecting. Uh, was there a four way on this? I think it was. They shifted around the Dragon Gate guys. Uh, they just did Mochi versus Travis Banks and Ata versus Chris Brooks. Oh, okay. And then Shima was in a multi man, like a scramble. Uh, Classic Fight Club Pro. <laughs> I was going to guess that the, the Fight Club Pro title would have been on the line again. I was expecting another four-way, to be honest, without looking at, at results. But um... And I I also did see that Ata put Kid Lycos in like a cone, like a sick dog would work. <laughs> cone of shame. <laughs> uh, 
So oh, that's those, awesome. those are all our thoughts on I, I Project Mayhem Night 2. We will did, definitely on, get you, round to seeing Did you say it. Travis Banks wrestled Mokazuki? Yeah. Oh! They, they scrapped the full way. They just did the singles. Oh, yeah, I really want to see which that. Which was probably the better idea. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> we okay. will definitely see that and review it. Uh, do you want to plug anything on? Uh, yeah, head over to reviewreviews.com. I'm currently working my way through King of Trios. Well, I'll say that I've done the first night. It was fun. Um, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Arnold Furious. And you can follow me at another Ollie. Read my Euro notes in FLW every week. Um, I previewed uh, World Tag League this time around because I'm very excited about it. Um, and also read my reviews on Voices of Wrestling. Talking all Brit rest stuff. And that's it. <laughs> and with that, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Good evening. <laughs>